You're listening to Tom and Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Tom and Bach here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Nick is in for Tom, though, as Tom is recovering from a bit of a, uh, a voice problem. He's completely lost his voice, I believe. But uh, in any case... We're here, and we are going to have a good show put together for you. Mitch Sherman coming up at 125, but we're going to start our guest today with Robin Washington, fresh off uh, some press conferences out there with, uh, with uh, the, of course, head basketball coach Freud, Fred Hoiberg and head football coach uh, Scott Frost. Robin, how are you doing today? Cold. I'm leaving the stadium right now. I in front of a uh, high-speed fan right now. So, <laughs> yeah. my car shortly. Sounds, sounds good. We'll uh, we'll start with basketball here. Robin Washington of Husker Online joins us on Tom and Bog. Robin, uh, it was announced that, that Fred Hoiberg is kind of thinking Keon Edwards will start in place of Trey McGowan's. Obviously, Trey McGowan's one of the better rebounding guards on this Husker basketball squad. Um, why do you think Keon was the choice, and how do you? what are your initial thoughts on Keon, Keon Edwards uh, getting the start after he only played five minutes against Creighton on Tuesday? Uh, length, rebounding, defense, and three-point shooting. Um, you know, C.J. Wilcher is probably a better shooter, mm-hmm. um, but you know he's not. I mean, just put it up. He's not the same athlete, and he's not as long as Keon Edwards is. And when you look at what Idaho State does, um, their biggest strengths are offensive rebounding and chasing opponents off the three-point line. And so, you know, they got to have shooters on the floor but also guys are going to be willing to rebound so this is an interesting move um you know cj obviously got the start in the opener when alonzo edwards or sorry alonzo uh, verge I keep i'm gonna say alonzo edwards like 500 times that's, that's all awesome. right anyway uh when alonzo verge was out for the openers so cj got the start and then obviously cj started the second half of the creighton game when when trey was out so he was kind of a I guess, assumed guy to fill that role. So it's kind of a, a different route that Fred's taking here. And I'm thinking that, um, you know, he's called um, uh, Keon probably their best perimeter defender just with his athleticism, but more than anything, his length. Uh, and so, you know, maybe that'll give Nebraska a different kind of element. And, um, you know, I'm, if he plays well, it would not surprise me if he uh, becomes a fixture in that starting lineup, maybe even after Trey comes back. Because, like I said, offensively, they really like what he brings on the perimeter. But if he is a willing and capable rebounder, uh, that could really be an X factor that uh, could earn him a substantial bump in playing time. Well, it's interesting. Obviously, Nebraska's already kind of got a spark of you know, from Andre, who seemed, seemingly was out of the rotation for game one, and then Webster, who's, I mean, and all these guys dealing with different things. Webster out of the rotation for a few games came and gave them a spark. Why do you think Keon hasn't had too many, you know, I, I you know, like you said, you listed all the reasons why he should start. Why do you think he hasn't had too many minutes so far this year? Um, I mean, it's just kind of how games shake out, and a lot of it is opponents. Um, you know, uh, I guess there's only so many minutes that, that can be played, and, um, you know, I, when he's been in, I guess he, he hasn't necessarily, uh, you know, done much to make you say, wow, he needs to play more. So I think that's part of it, too. But, you know, I think that when you're looking from a game planning standpoint and, and you know um, that you can 
go into a game um, expecting him to have a big role, maybe you can design some different things uh, to maximize his skill set, whereas before you were just kind of piecing him in situationally. And so, I mean, he's a guy they've liked from the jump. I mean, obviously they've lauded his uh, recruiting profile and then obviously all the things that, that he brings to the table um, with his skill set. But uh, I think it's just been a matter of just opportunities and then Keon just kind of having a quiet start to the year that have kind of kept his minutes, um, you know, uh, on the light side early on. But like I say, this is, this is a golden opportunity for him uh, to not only get his first start, but, you know, he could make himself a, uh, a mainstay in that lineup if he's able to do the things that Nebraska really needs him to do with his defense, rebounding, and then add some shooting on top of that. And obviously the loss to Creighton, 77-69 to 69, uh, on Tuesday night, our first time to talk to you uh, after that. What, what are your kind of thoughts? Maybe it, it works a bit better to have a, a day to, to kind of recover and kind of think about that because, uh, you know, obviously the one and two start kind of makes it a rough discussion. But other than that, it, you know, not a bad loss to a pretty good Creighton team. Yeah, I mean, it's disappointing. Uh, there's no way to sugarcoat that. Uh, this was the year that Nebraska was supposed to do it. They had it at home. Uh, and, you know, it was a, a new Creighton team that was playing their first true road game. They were favored to win. And, you know, they started the game the way that they did, where the first five or ten minutes they just you know, looked like completely lost out there. And it was kind of the same old story with new players out there on the floor. So that, that was the most frustrating part of it for a lot of fans. And, yes, they were able to come back and, uh, you know, almost erase a, an 18-point deficit. But, you know, when it came down to it, Creighton – knew how to win and Nebraska did you know Creighton made all the plays every time Nebraska would rally back and get it within uh you know one possession uh you know Creighton was always able to find an answer and so they were able to keep Nebraska at arm's length uh basically for the entire game and that kind of showed the difference about where these two programs are they they both came in looking hardly like world beaters uh in their own right Creighton you know has (laughs) They had plenty of struggles in their own right, but as poorly as they'd played, they'd still found ways to win, whereas Nebraska lost their opening game. And they, um, you know, I guess, made some improvements against Sam Houston State, but uh, the, the same issues kind of reverted back um, in that Creighton game where when it came down to crunch time and guys needed to make the big plays to win it, no one was able to step up to the table and take the game over. So that's kind of the, the real issue right now is, Obviously, they're a terrible rebounding team. That's not a total surprise. The offensive flow uh, and the point guard play has been um, certainly a, a major concern, maybe the biggest concern uh, of anything over these last three games. But at some point, you know, you, you brought in all these high-level recruits and, and transfers. Guys need to step up and take charge and, uh, you know, kind of lead the way, but put, put the game on their shoulders and, um, you know, Kobe Webster was able to do that a little bit um, with the, the instant impact he had. But, you know, to get six points out of Bryce McGowan, that's that's a problem. Um, and, you know, you look at all the other guys that are veteran players, um, you know, like, like a Latmayan or uh, whoever it may be that, you know, really uh, didn't help Nebraska cause all that much. You know, they, they don't they have such a thin margin for error right now um, just with their inability to kind of – regroup when things don't go their way uh that you know, they, they they need all hands on deck it can't just be one or two guys because they just don't have the firepower to overcome that sort of stuff we're talking to robin washington of husker online robin 
this despite Nebraska, they they have some guys. They had some guys returning this year, and it's so it's it's some experience coming back. However, they still have some new faces, quite a few new faces, um, especially starting at point guard with Alonzo Verge. How much leeway should be given through these first three games? I mean, obviously, it's been disappointing not the start that anybody was was expecting nor hoping for. But how much leeway should be given through this non conference slate? I mean, it is. We're three games into a 31-game schedule. Yeah. So, I mean, I think a lot of people look at this with a football mentality where you, know, you lose a couple to start and the season's over. That is mm-hmm. hardly the case. Uh, when Nebraska made the tournament in 2013, you know, they were 500 going into, going into February. So, you know, I mean, things can change quickly. Uh, if you get hot and things start to suddenly click, uh, the tenor of your season can uh, flip uh, very quickly. So, you know, I, I'm not – I'm not ready to just throw this team away just yet. I still think that they are much better than what they played, but you know they've they've got some stuff that they need to figure out in a hurry because they have a very short window now, um, starting tomorrow night um, on through uh, the rest of November, where you know that that leeway, you know they they, they need to start making good on it and start taking some necessary steps and making improvements that um, will help them actually be able to compete when that string of high majors uh, hits the schedule on December 1st and you start in conference play. And so there's, um, there's still time for them to figure this out, but every game, you know, that window closes even more. And right now it almost seems like they're regressing to where, yeah. you know, they look so good in that Colorado game and more and more, uh, it seems like more problems keep getting added onto their plate. Now you're going to try to do it, uh, at least through the next six to eight weeks without your best leader and best defender, and best, uh, you know, backcourt rebounder, you know, they're up against it a little bit early in the schedule. So like, I agree that uh, it's still too early to, you know, say this season is at a total loss, but with every game, uh, your, your, your time frame to address those issues get shorter and shorter. And, um, you know, like I said, they, they better ha- find some answers very quickly here because the, the competition is only going to get more difficult. And, of course, the, the kind of prevailing storyline through the first few games has been Alonzo Verge's adjustment uh, to the point guard role. He, he does average five-plus you know, plus assists per game, so he's kind of got something going for him, but uh, people feeling like the, the ball's not moving enough with, with the ball in his hand. You know, he's on the attack. He's kind of kind of has that score-first mentality. Um, how do you think that that... I guess that that's going so far. I know, I know that the that, that coach Hoiberg keeps kind of pointed out that it's it's kind of a growth process, and you can hear audible groans from the fans. But still, Verge is is, is you know, <laughs> you can call him, call him kind of hot and cold, but he's definitely a, a big asset to this team. Well, I mean, he's putting up numbers, but it's at a very inefficient rate, and so, I mean, yeah, he had double figures against Creighton, but he was five of fifteen from the field. And your point guard isn't supposed to be shooting the ball 15 times. I mean, that's uh, that's that's the big issue. Is you got a guy that is a scorer um, who's been a two guard his entire career, and now you're trying to plug him into being a, a facilitating point guard. And that transition has proven to be a much bigger adjustment than I think anybody expected. Um, what what's kind of the most frustrating about it is all reports all off season was how well he had taken to that that role. Uh, in practices and in workouts, and then you saw the the debut, you know, with the Colorado game, and um, it was the pick, the perfect picture of what Alonzo Verge was supposed to be and what this offense was supposed to be. Uh, but whatever reason, since that point, uh, you know, they they hit some semblance of adversity for the first time, 
And Alonzo's quickly reverted back to score first, and that's not his role. And when that is, he takes that kind of approach, the entire offense suffers just because of the position that he's being counted on to play. And so that's that is up there probably at the top of the list of things that need to get figured out very quickly. Um, they cannot continue to operate. Uh, with a point guard that is not going to run their offense the way it's supposed to be run. Uh, and Fred has said that. He's had very long film sessions and plenty of conversations with Alonzo. And, you know, between the games, he's doing all the right things, saying all the right things. But then when he gets out there and the lights go on and, uh, you know, they don't get off to a good start, something in him and, and Alonzo switches to where, you know, he all of a sudden thinks that he has to do everything himself and the offense becomes stagnant and the, the ball doesn't move and, um, they look as disjointed as, as they have at spurts um, early on this year. So that until that gets fixed, Nebraska is going to continue to have the same problems. They need someone that's going to take command of this offense and facilitate the way that the point guard needs to, to be able to get all those weapons that we talked about for the last six months uh, involved and you know playing at, at the level that they're capable of playing. And again, there's a tangible evidence that this team is capable of being a much better offensive team than what we've seen. They did it against Power 5, high major competition against Colorado, and so they've, they've proven they can do it. But so much of that was because of how well Alonzo Verge plays. And until he gets it right, this offense isn't going to get it right. He's Robert Washington Husker online. Before we uh, let you go, did want to catch up on some news uh, on the football side. You were there for the Scott Frost uh, little presser today. How uh, Anything uh, notable come out of that? Um, nothing crazy. Uh, they said they're a little beat up at running back, but nobody is, has been ruled out. Um, that's an important couple of weeks for that group, uh, with some guys that, uh, would in theory, maybe get a few more chances than they have, uh, over the past few weeks. So, you know, kind of a, a prove it stretch here, uh, for, for some of those guys in that running back room. Um, it was kind of interesting. Frost said that, you know, he's asked about just like, when they're in plus territories, fourth down decisions, you know, with the kicking struggles they've had, will they, you know, maybe lean more towards dialing up some, uh, you know, fourth down conversion attempts? And he said, yeah, probably. Um, but it, it's only, it's got to make sense. Like if it's a two point game and, you know, they, they can kick a field goal to win it, he's going to put Chase Contreras out there. He still has a lot of faith in Chase, you know, continues to say that he's only seen him miss three kicks. And, um, you know, a couple of those came in games, unfortunately, but he's still, if they need a field goal and it makes sense from a football standpoint, he's going to send them out there. But if it's kind of one of those decisions where you can go for it and, and try to score a touchdown, I'll be curious to see if Nebraska is a little bit more aggressive than they have been and, and maybe start to take a few more chances on fourth down uh, over the next couple of weeks here. And then uh, Deontay Williams, game time decision. Uh, sounds like he is very much on track to make his return, but, It'll probably just depend on how he feels on Saturday because uh, I think the decision whether he plays or not is up to him. So um, something to watch there. Uh, other than that, I guess he's the last thing of note, he said that uh, the assistant coach search, he's been very happy with the response they've gotten so far and the level of interest that um, you know he's heard uh, in those open positions. So, it doesn't seem like there'll be a shortage of options, um, at least so he says. And uh, they that was one of the reasons why he wanted to get a jump on this was to uh, kind of get a head start on filling out those spots before the uh, coaching carousel hits full 
full speed here in a couple weeks. Of course, the, the coaching changes, all that stuff kind of makes sense uh, in this new world of college football and the, all the different schedules. So that's that's good to hear. But it, it really seems to hurt the buildup for this game. Do you, do you kind of feel that, kind of get that read as well? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like going into this week, it felt like the season was already over. It was like, oh, yeah. wait, there's two more, two more games left to play. So, uh, yeah, usually, I mean, because around here, uh, when coaches get fired, usually the season is over. But you know, Saturday after the Iowa game, and so it's a little different uh, sped up process here. But you know, uh, there's still opportunity over these next two weeks. Uh, maybe the the enthusiasm around the program isn't what it was earlier this year, uh, just kind of by the nature of where they are at this point in the season. But I would imagine Nebraska still comes out there and, and puts up a fight. Uh, they may or not may not win the game, um, but I don't think they're going to just cash in uh, the chips just because you know they're they're already turning the page next year. I think that they're still going to play with some pride and at least put forth some fight to to keep these next two games competitive. Great insightful stuff from Robin Washington Husker online there. Robin, thanks you for joining us this morning. Yep, thanks for having me, guys. See you later. Yep, there he goes, Robin Washington of Husker Online. We'll take a quick break, and we'll bring be joined by the birthday boy coming up next. <laughs> it's the Block Jug with Rico on 93.7 The Ticket. You're listening to Tom and Bach. Watch live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.